How to Zap Your Websites. Welcome to the Exploring Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I'm your host, Timothy D. Block, and in this episode, we will be exploring what is the Z Attack Proxy Tool, aka Zap, and how to use it to run a vulnerability assessment on your website. With me today to do that is the creator and project lead of Zap, Simon Bennett. Simon, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much, Timothy. How are you? Good. Uh, so let's, I guess, just go ahead and dive right into it. What is Zap, otherwise known as Z Attack Proxy? It's a tool for finding vulnerabilities in web applications. It's completely free and open source, so there's no pro version. There never will be a pro version. Uh, and it's designed for people with a wide range of security experience, from very little experience to lots. Okay, so uh, so how did this project come about? Uh, I actually started playing around with um, security tools to learn about security. Uh, I was a developer. I designed and built robust web applications that they needed to be um, scalable, high performance, and uh, hopefully secure as well. But uh, when the first uh, penetration test was performed on one of my applications, uh, the testers found some vulnerabilities I hadn't even heard of. So I decided I needed to learn a bit more about security. So I started... um, looking online, learning about things, and downloading and playing with a load of tools. And being a developer, I started looking at the source code for those tools as well. So that's kind of how it started. So is it is it just something that you wanted to learn more about, or was it something that there were tools out there that just weren't doing what you wanted them to do? I wanted to learn about um, security. So I wasn't using any security tools at the time. I was aware of some basic things like cross-site scripting and SQL injection, but uh, things like cross-site request forgery and some of the more esoteric vulnerabilities I just hadn't heard of. So I suddenly realized that I, as a developer, I needed to know more about security. and uh, needed to design security in from the outset rather than kind of thinking of it l- later on in the development process. Okay. So what were some of the challenges that that, uh, you ran into creating this tool? Uh, Well, initially it was, uh, I didn't really intend to release at all. I just started playing around with various tools. I found a tool called Paros Proxy, which I really liked. Uh, So I started looking at how that worked and um, started uh, just playing with source code because it didn't do things quite in the way I wanted, and I wanted to see how it did things. I then started um, teaching some of the people, uh, some of the developers and functional testers at the company I was working at. And one of the first questions they asked was, what tools should we use? So I wanted to uh, recommend a, a free and open source tool, but I couldn't find anything that was really suitable. And the closest thing was the version of Parasos hacking around with. So I decided to bite the bullet and just release that. Uh, it, it was, um, yeah, a bit of a challenge, but uh, it seems to have gone well. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, and, and, this, and your tool can be found at uh, oasp.org, O-W-A-S-P. 
Uh, That's right. Yeah, OWASP is uh, an organisation which is all about making security visible, uh, and there's lots of really useful information on the OWASP site, and that's one of the sites that I um, started looking at very early on because I've you know found out that there's great stuff there, and they had a lot of projects as well. Uh, so I submitted SAP to be an OWASP project, and to my surprise, it was actually accepted. Uh, I think that was a, a turning point because at that uh, after that I was asked to talk at uh, an OWASP conference in Dublin, which was a bit of a surprise because I'd never been asked to talk at a conference before, <laughs> developer or anything. <laughs> but I decided to do that, uh, and it was from it's, from there it's really started taking off. Yeah, that that, that is a great site, and uh, yeah, I actually just started recently using your tool, and it's it's um, it's really easy to get into. Uh, and like you said, there, there's a lot of good documentation and stuff there as far as getting into it. I mean, that's one of the things which is a, is a challenge because when I released it, I wanted it to be a security tool for developers. And that's how I kind of marketed it in a way. But then I started getting security people came up to me and saying, hey, we use this tool as well, <laughs> which was a surprise because at that time I wasn't a security person. I guess I have to claim I am now as I work for the Mozilla security team. Uh, and I know that uh, you know we use it and a lot of other security professionals use it. So we actually want it to now want it to appeal to people who have no security experience right up to the professional pen testers and getting that balance is always challenging so we want to make it easy but we want it to have kind of hidden depths that you can um, find if you explore it a bit more yeah no that's great uh, in fact i yeah I've, I've recently started using the tool but uh i started you know i'm, I'm bringing these results and showing uh, our developers at work that yeah we we have some things that we gotta work on <laughs> and uh they've actually gotten interested in the tool and now they're actually being proactive about it so they it was pretty easy for them to get into and it, it kind of speaks their language and they've already um started working with the tool and trying to you know get ahead of the game i guess you could say as far as instead of waiting you know for the final for the security team to do its assessment they're they're like yeah let me go ahead and just get this done <laughs> so i can build it in which is which i think is great absolutely so. you know if, if you have to um if, if you have a penetration test you know, a week before you go live then you've got you really can't fix serious vulnerabilities that are found you can just patch a few of them maybe um, whereas you can use zap right the way through the development life cycle and you can find these issues very early on and it's great you know even if a team's quite experienced you might you know have some new people coming into the team you might just forget about something we all make mistakes but something like zap can pick up pick these things up very quickly okay so when should zap be used <laughs> All of the time, ideally. <laughs> uh, there's, it, it kind of depends who you are and what you want to use it for. Uh, in For developers, I would say if you haven't used the security tool before, then the best option is to use Zap as a kind of point-and-shoot tool initially. So just point at your application, and um, there's a quick start attack option, which is great if you don't have any authentication. It will just spider the application and then start attacking it. If you've got authentication, then the best option is to configure your browser to proxy through Zap, uh, then log into the site. Uh, then you can explore it. It's best to explore it manually, but you can use the um, standard spider or the Ajax spider to explore it automatically as well, and then um, run the uh, active scan, and you get the passive scan automatically. But one thing I'd particularly like to encourage developers to do is to use uh, Zap as part of the continuous integration. So we can actually completely automate Zap 
We can get it run in a headless mode. If you have regression tests that drive a browser, then you can configure that uh, your browser to proxy those tests through Zap, and then run the uh, active scanning based on the on the, um, the the site tree that you've you've explored using your test. And that's how we're using it in Mozilla at the moment. So how? Um, there's a couple different things there <laughs> that I wanted to kind of go down. Um, with like how aggressive is this tool uh, it's very aggressive <laughs> you, you have various options so uh, on the uh, toolbar hang on i'll just pull it up so i get it right we have a some modes different modes so we have a safe mode a protected mode and a standard mode the safe mode uh, shouldn't allow shouldn't do anything wrong so you can see what's going on you can see the requests see the responses zap will do passive scanning uh, which but that means it just looks at things that won't do any take any action there's a protected mode and if you go into protected mode then again you won't be able to do anything until you actually say that something is in a context um, so contexts are our way of representing applications. So you can say it's in context and therefore in scope, and then Zap will allow you to tack it. And there's standard mode where you can do anything you like, which is how I usually run it, but that's just me. Um, I guess most pen testers will probably do that. Uh, but uh, the important thing is Zap is aggressive, and you know you should only use it on applications that you have permission to test so if it's one of your own applications installed on your own machine uh it's something you're developing then that's fine but if it's uh, somebody else's application then you you need permission because that yeah tries to hack the, the site and can do damage you know uh, it can do it'll try all the cross-site scripting sql injection all these type of things so an application isn't um, suitably protected um, can be very badly damaged and it will take out sites uh, you know if, it, if they can't cope with a, a lot of requests coming in so we have various options which allow us to slow zap down a bit but it still can be very aggressive right oh yeah yeah i've uh I've actually taken. I've actually triggered uh, a couple defenses, and <laughs> I, think, I think I may have uh, not necessarily, you know, taken uh, bricked anything, but um, it definitely did see some, you know, issues arise from me running the tool. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Is it is it be- so? Is it better to run it behind the defenses or with the, you know, with it facing the, like defenses? It depends what you want to use it for. I would recommend using Zap without any, you know, without your web application firewalls and all these kind of things. If if you really want to know what your application is doing, uh, things that you know, putting tools like web application firewalls can be very effective ways of patching vulnerabilities, kind of avoiding them. But, you know, I think you're better off knowing what the underlying problems are so you can then decide how the best way to approach them. And something like a, a WAF can be a very good short-term fix, but in general, I think we should be um, fixing the underlying problems rather than just uh, using sticky blasters. So was was that, God, and I guess that's not really the intention because, uh, as you were saying, you, you kind of built it more for developers. And, you know, in that case, you're trying to build it in with your uh, with your projects. 
That's right, yeah. But uh, when we're, we're now using it in the Mozilla security team for penetration tests, so we're right. using it as uh, a penetration testing tool, and a lot of people are doing that now. We've got a lot of uh, pen testers working on the, on the application as well as developers. So what, what, what uh, I guess, what improvements or what, what changes are you planning to make to the tool uh, coming, coming down the road here? We've got a new release um, that we're looking at in a fairly uh, fairly soon. We, we never give exact dates, but uh, you know we're we're looking at the next release. We've we're going to include some some of the features that have been developed as part of the Google Summer of Code. So the Google Summer of Code is initiated from Google, where they pay students to work on open source projects, and we had three students working on Zap projects for Google Summer of Code. One is for um, advanced access control testing, which I think is really exciting and something that I kind of had in mind when I was a developer and I was actually developing access con- and access control code. So we finally got zapped to the stage where it can automate a lot of the access control testing. Another student's working on advanced fuzzing. We have a very simple fuzzer at the moment, which will just allow you to fuzz one field at a time and in a fairly limited way. And um, we can. this project will actually allow multiple fields to be fuzzed at the same time and a lot more options. And web service scanning, which is something we've uh, always wanted to do but never had time. So those are things which will be included in the next release. And, I mean, they're actually all available now. So we do weekly releases. So every week, every Monday, uh, we release a new version of Zap, which doesn't have all of the um, installers around, but it's still pretty easy to install. Um, so people can try those things out right now if they want. Oh, wow. So, so how, do, uh, how do people get involved in the project? We have a whole we have user group um, and a developer group, and these are actually linked off Zap itself. Although nobody ever seems to see them, so if you go to the <laughs> online um, tab in menu item in Zap, there's a homepage, the Zap extensions, the wiki, but then the user group and the developer group, and reporting an issue as well. So if you have um, hit any problems with Zap or um, you know have false positive, false negatives from any of the scanning rules, then you can report those as well. And we'd love to hear people. Uh, we always want to look for feedback. Uh, but the if you actually want to get involved with Zap, then the developer group is a great place to start. Or you can email me directly. Um, I'm sign on at gmail.com. Fairly easy to find. Uh, and, you know, there's loads of things people can work on. We've got, uh, unusually for security tool, we're actually fully internationalized and we're, Zap is being translated into over 20 languages at the moment. We have over 90 translators, uh, but we're always looking for more. So you can translate things, you can help with the documentation, obviously coding, there's loads of things to do, there always will be. So there's lots to get involved with. Um, Zap is really a community tool, so I really want people to get involved. Is there anything in particular that you're looking for right now to to help out with the project? Everything. Everything. <laughs> there, <laughs> always, uh, yeah. Uh, um, if anyone wants to get involved in any shape or form, then we'll be delighted to hear from them. That's great. That's great. So, uh, final question: uh, Why Z Attack Proxy? Where did that name come? <laughs> uh, I always find it difficult to come up with names for things, uh, and this was no exception. But uh, as developer and one thing i've always done is written scripts to to do things to do things that i'm you know one-off tasks or things that i want to do repeatedly and if it's something that i need to do again and again then i'd call it something sensible so i'd be able to find the script again but if it was a one-off script then i would just call it zap or pow as this you know kind of cartoon thing just do this now 
and um, yeah, the the Zap name just came to mind when uh, when I was trying to think of a name for this proxy, and yeah, so Zap seemed seemed like a nice name, and you could then talk about zapping a website. Uh, I wanted to be in capital letters, so I thought, well, if I make it stand for something, then that's a it becomes an abbreviation. <laughs> so it's kind of a backronym, really. I came up with Zap right. first, and then well, the P proxy was fairly obvious. Right. Uh, a was uh, attack seemed reasonable, and I couldn't think of anything for Z. You know, zebra or something. No, so that didn't make sense. But I really didn't want it to be the Z attack proxy, which I'm sure the Americans would um, call it. So I decided <laughs> to, it, it should actually be Z. Stand for Z because <laughs> I'm a Brit. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, is, is there anything else you'd like to mention that we haven't discussed? Uh, that's about it, really. I mean, the, the main thing is it's a community tool and, you know, it encourages innovation. It's something you can play around with. So, we can do things that commercial tools uh, can't do. And we've actually got a load of students working on Zap right now uh, as part of their courses so we're always delighted to hear from anybody you know don't have to be a security expert i certainly wasn't so it's a great way to learn about security whether you're a developer you know, who wants to move into security or would like to just move straight into security so please get in touch all right that's, that's great uh and that will pretty much do it hopefully you learned something if you didn't drop me a line on twitter at timothy.dblock or email me at timothy.dblock at gmail.com and let me know what you did learn and we'll try to cover it in a future podcast uh you can follow simon at uh ps is it it's at i just had it up and i lost it it's at p s i i n o n that's right right and the same one email.com is my email address is there is there anything else you'd like to plug Mm, no that that, that's good thanks okay (laughs) All all right well that should do it have a good one Thanks very much, Tim. Thanks.